they may have a billion dollars. You don't believe that at all. <laughs> Not being in person is better. That is as troll as it gets. Three, two, one. Welcome back to Buckle Up. Buckle Up, baby. I guess our first Zoom episode. It's a Zoom episode. I guess it's fitting, Michael, that our 10th episode, episode 10, is on Zoom. I don't know why it's fitting, but something about it feels appropriate for like. Well, it's a, um, it's a callback. To it would have been. An, it would have been an easy one to skip also. That's right. Maybe that's what it is. And it's a callback to our original idea. To the folks out there who are wondering, Michael and I uh, attempted this podcast once and failed so miserably. When we were like, hey, it's lockdown, it's quarantine. What a great opportunity to do something like this, like a podcast over Zoom. And at the time, I was living in L.A., and he was on the East Coast, and we tried a few, and then we skipped, like, the third one. And what happened? Yeah, and that did it, and then that was the end. That was the bullet. It all fell apart. Yeah. So it's fitting, because we, uh, you're in L.A., I'm in New Jersey. And uh, this would have been an easy one to skip, but you made the time. Shout out to the folks at Snapple for sponsoring this episode. It's really, <laughs> Thank really you, great. Snapple. Thank you, Snapple, so much. Made from the, is it still made it from the best stuff on earth? Remember that big lady That's who used little... to be like made from the best stuff on earth? Yeah, she's great. She used to sit next to my friend at uh, Jets games. <laughs> really? It's true. Yeah. Is her yeah. name Barbara? I'm sure it is. The Snapple lady used to sit with your friend at Jets games. What friend? I mean, she we don't used want to go to Jets games just like everybody else. Oh my god, yeah. she's killing it, man. Yeah, you think she made enough on those commercials to to do whatever she wants the rest of her life? I don't know, but that is a question that you're always after. You're always after like, do you think like <laughs> that person is? Do you think they're like finished? I don't know why you're always after. You're always very curious about when people can just stop. <laughs> that's true you have a lot of anti-ambition in you that we've been fighting against yeah that's definitely true i'm coming <laughs> to terms with that i'm coming to terms with that but i'm also i'm curious um i'm curious what someone does after i think it, it also comes from what does someone do after they're the snapple lady you right. you almost have to make enough to live off the rest of your life because you can't get a normal job and you I, can't get you probably can't get acting jobs because you're the Snapple lady. My guess is you're fine moving on from it. And I I would imagine <laughs> for her, it's not like it's Hermione Granger uh, Harry and, and Daniel Radcliffe after a massive franchise. Like, how do you shake that off and move on? I mean, she's the Snapple lady. I don't so, know. like, I'm sure it's one of those years things. years later, we're, we know... We haven't seen her. You're right. She fell off the face of the earth. But made from the no, best no, I'm stuff saying, on her. You say Snapple lady... And you know exactly who she is. I bet you nine out of ten people know who the Snapple lady is. A hundred percent. First of all, though, if you bumped into the Snapple lady in the street, you would not recognize her. You just like know her in the context of the commercial. You couldn't pick her. If I heard her voice. <laughs> if I heard her voice, maybe. Do you have a post? Do you have a poster of the Snapple lady right there next to you or something? Like you're a huge fan. This is unbelievable. But <laughs> I would say this. She's my it's aunt. One, I'm sure if we spoke to her about it, she would say, oh, yeah, yeah, listen, yeah, the Snapple gig. That was a good gig. I, I, yes, I, yes, I did the Snapple commercials in the 90s, yes. One of those things, it probably comes up with people who meet her. Oh, my God, was that? Yes, yes. But I don't think she's rolling in it to the point where she could just stop. I'm sure she had to move on to other things and did a bunch of things, and that was, like, one of her really good gigs. That's my guess. 
We should find her and have her on the podcast. Honestly, we could probably get her on the podcast. Obscure '90s celebrities is a is a is a I think a good niche for us to find. Talk to us about your journey. I think we should do that. I'm I'm gonna task. I'm gonna. <laughs> That's task a really you. good goal. I'm gonna task you with that because you have the friend from the Jets game. I'm gonna find her. Do it. Okay. Oh yeah, I could do that. I could ask my manager. He'll just stop answering my emails finally. So Michael's mission. Michael's mission <laughs> for the it. podcast is to find the Snapple lady. And uh, we'll have her on. We're gonna have her on. Anyway, so this is episode I ten. Hope Michael she's survived. We uh, yeah, um, survived what in life? COVID. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but your picture froze. How's your internet? Oh, good. <laughs> it froze right on. Yeah, you froze also. I'm not sure if it's me or you, but you were like, I hope she survived. Yeah. Oh, my internet's, um, it's not great. Oh, you froze again. No, that was me just being frozen. <laughs> um, Unless I did freeze again. Oh. Um, um, let's see, if I keep free, if I keep freezing, I'll move to a new, a new spot. All right, whatever. Um, we'll make it work. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So anyway, episode 10 is a feat, Michael, I, I, I think. Thank Making man. it to 10 episodes in, something to be proud of. Mm. Mm-hmm. We spent a lot of time. Yeah, me too. We spent a lot of yeah, time. Yeah, I'm proud of us. I spent. We do spend a lot of time congratulating ourselves on uh, on this podcast for for having conversations <laughs> we otherwise would also have. <laughs> That's yeah. true. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to see something through, even a little bit. I guess that's a good. Healthy I think thing. it's worth. Yeah, I think it's worth celebrating. How, how do you feel after ten? How do you feel where we're at? Um, I like it. I like that. I was with, uh, maybe I won't name names yet, but I was with somebody we both know well, who out of nowhere drops loving the conversations, bro. You know, like it's, it's more around to be, it's a hit more people than we think. And I think it's, uh, every time it hits somebody, they usually are, have a, are struck positively by it. And, and I feel like there's a lot of encouragement implicit and explicit happening where I'm like, wow, like Mm -hmm. it's just that it's real. It's happened. We've made it. We've, we've, we've accomplished that hardest first step of uh, making something tangible, a 10 episode up to episode 10 and, 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 and beyond. But this thing that we do now is a thing that exists. We have a podcast that is happening. I'm very happy Mm -hmm. about that because that was much Mm -hmm. more painful existing in my mind as a hypothetical. And now it doesn't. And mm-hmm. that feels good. You know, I don't, I really honestly don't. This is the first time where I don't care yet about the numbers or the likes or the this. Obviously, I'm looking for that to see what happens, but I'm much more like, you know, satisfied with the fact that it exists. That's like an accomplishment to me in of itself. And that if you think about this podcast excluded where we started, just in 10 episodes with like two microphones sitting in an unfinished studio at a bunch of chairs with a crappy little camera above us to like behind you where we kind of have a consistent space. That's like each episode. It starts to like, it feels like this like thing we're building where each time in like a movie, it's like, and like we're building a Frankenstein kind of thing. And then eventually it's like, and it, it like each time it grows a new limb, it grows a thing. It keeps 
keeps like another layer of brick is put down where you know as a solid foundation for something and then maybe guests start to come but like when we started it couldn't have looked the way it looks now and then in 50 episodes it'll look it'll be better like and i like that so the constant very gradual uh you know improvement ascension is good i like that that's is there a scenario let's say by episode Wait, maybe let's say that next no. milestone is no. 50. The answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> is, the, is there a scenario where we're at 50 and you're not, you're like, we should not, we, 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 there's no point in going forward through the dip any, any further. You are, you can't wait. What would it have to look like at episode 50? It would have to look, you, you just really want out. I get it. But, um, it would have to. <laughs> I think doing that is such a disservice because if you set artificial, uh, you know, if you artificial goalposts or metrics, like you won't hit them, and then you'll be like, "Oh, see, it's not working." I just look at trajectories. Mm-hmm. Basically, if things feel like they're resonating and improving and getting better, and mm-hmm. and and on their way, and if it points this way, like then I keep going, and then if it. Uh, you know, as and if that's just a matter of timing and pace, then I just have to be patient with it. Because like, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to ever cut something off that is on a successful trajectory. You know. So as long as the curve is going upwards, you're okay with it. As long as the curve's going upwards, as long as I'm enjoying it, as long as I find that the conversations are fruitful and valuable, and it's fun to do, and it's also. And I don't mean fun in like an artificial way. I mean like it, like I get something out of it or we get something out of it. And the creative pursuit is uh, satisfying. And obviously you want to turn it, you want to make it something real, but um, I do think it's doing something. I th- and, and, and for us, I think it's like a really cool, whatever combination we've created of this little entity that we're doing, it's something cool. So I have to, I have to, I owe it to that to, to, mm-hmm. to pursue it to its you know, it's hard to put timings on like when something is a beginning, middle or an end of something or if it morphs into mm-hmm. something else. But it's definitely it's also good practice. <laughs> it's good. It's good for me. It's good for us. It's cool to like, you know, keep getting better at something that I think is mm-hmm. worth watching. People are like really liking the clips and stuff, too. And I sort of get it because I I'll tell you what, like you have these reference points when you're in a creative endeavor. You kind of unless you're trailblazing and creating something that's never been done before, we are certainly not the first podcast to ever exist. And we're not the first new podcast of people just trying to do it. But I look at other podcasts and in my best efforts to be um, objective about it, which is impossible because this is our own podcast. I look at successful ones that you would deem successful that are really doing well and have big audiences um, and are sustaining the people creating it. And I'm like, qualitatively doesn't seem all that different from what we're doing. I don't think, you know, I don't think we're, or we're not that far off from what that is. It's just a matter of the, their grind and their timing has been a longer game and they've been exerting it. But I actually think like, that's, that's the key to me. Like we're, there's no cr- code to crack. I think it's about having naturally good rapport and having interesting enough ideas to discuss that are worth listening to. And when I listen to other people's podcasts that by comparison, it's only a matter of, size of audience and not the content itself that I find to be different. Mm -hmm. And that's encouraging to me. So that's where I stand. I, I I think that's a healthy way to look at it as opposed to like, if we're not by a certain point, by a certain date, it's like, then you're looking at it by the, the the backwards way, I think. 
Right. But but if it's stalled, let's say it's stalled and like we were getting the same amount of views at episode 25, 50, 100. Would that let's say it was a flat it was a flat curve. We flattened the curve. Um hold on. But you were Yeah. Was it was I frozen? I don't know. My uh, I got a phone call. Uh, we let's say we flatten the curve. Michael, you're never getting out of this. Okay, <laughs> you signed a contract, and you're never getting out of this. It's like look at Michael's trying to quit. He's like, okay, but okay, but let's say it's let's say you lose a foot. <laughs> I don't know. I can only go take it one. What if what if I sue you? What if what if by episode fifty we're in a a very heated, heated lawsuit? lawsuit? No. Nope. <laughs> what if we need a you. lawyer? Two lawyers in the room present with us when we speak. Michael, we have to record tomorrow. That's what I would say. Your Honor. Um, um, are you asking out of curiosity over what is a healthy way to look at creative endeavors? Is that your point? Or I'm curious. No, no, I guess it's 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 a, it's a it's sort of like a state of the union, like where if you think we're we've done, if you're happy where with where we're at at 10 and and what you would what you want to keep seeing going forward. Um, you know, what it's it not, is? no, it's not really a, it's, it's, it's a pretty specific question of like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think the answer is this, and it's a little bit of a frightening answer because I think that like you just kind of morph and adapt when you get into those, when you reach those points where you have to sort of reevaluate things, you morph and adapt. Right. So like Steve jobs, right. He didn't say, look, if this computer thing, this first manifestation of the app doesn't take off, I'll stop. He just says, no, no, I'm exerting my skills, my vision, and wherever that goes and wherever that hits, my, like my en energies and efforts are continuous. That's like that entrepreneurial, right. entrepreneurial spirit that I think is really Got it. Uh, valuable. And it applies to things and then you kind of push in one and then it's sort of like water, right? You're just trying to maneuver it through this maze of of everything that we're trying that, that people put out into the world it's like with my band right with with us we had different things that we did over the years but our energy stayed consistent and then where things took us they took us so mm -hmm. you're you on this us? ride with me now and we're staying the fucking course <laughs> <laughs> no so Would i mean that's how a third I what's up uh, go ahead go ahead i'm just saying that's how i look at it like i, I don't i don't think like I'll just put a certain amount of things. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And then it's, if, and you know, and I'm going to try and be experimental about it. Obviously there's a point where you can shift, but I look at it more like shifts than calling a quits, like shifting. Into like something. That. Or like, okay, like you that. know what was working? We actually did this live event and everybody showed up and then we sold a bunch of tickets. So now we do the podcast live and now we actually do or whatever. Um, right. I mean, you'd probably shit your pants. I don't know if we could do that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but in reality, it's like, who knows? I don't know what, what a month or a year from now looks like. All I know is what I can do every week and week by week and every, every day, right? All I know is what I can do every right. day. And if I'm not applying my, our, myself and ourselves to this or whatever it is that I'm doing in the moment, whatever project it is, if I'm not, then that is the, ultimately I'm accountable for it not succeeding, you know? But as long as I've uh -huh. done whatever I think I can do, then it's up to sort of the whims of the of the universe to decide where things happen. As long as I've done my part, I feel okay. But when I haven't, then I get annoyed. Then I'm like, 
yeah, obviously there's no podcast because we haven't done one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so if, but, I, if I had to shift into a new like co-host, that would be a positive. That would be a step in a positive direction, I guess. At a certain point. Um, well, <laughs> bring it on. So you're uh, you're playing. You're doing a show in two hours. Yeah, I'm doing it at the mint. Tours. At uh, I, you say that with a little bit of tease, but that's fine. Um, no, I don't. I'm not saying. It was, I mean, I, I guess it's only you went, I see. I see you guys playing with. You're like, <laughs> is it at the mint? What is the mint? I don't know what the mint is. The mint um, is a club. You have a residency there? <laughs> no, but they book us sometimes. It's a club in LA in our in, in like the neighborhood that I grew that we uh, that we lived in. But it's uh, it's the Mexicali Blues of Pico. Get it? Got it. <laughs> Got it. Not I dig it. Hotel Cafe is a little more. Um, the Hotel Cafe, a, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, the Mint has a little more like rock club vibes to it, and Hotel Cafe is more of like a prominent singer songwriter joint where a lot of people who did who like became more very well known over the years kind of started at the Hotel Cafe. So it has like its prominence. Mm-hmm. And it has its uh, respect as a as a well known venue. Like the way the comedy seller to comics, like people come by. So Hotel Cafe will have people yeah. come in who are, you know, of all stripes cool. of a certain caliber. And they'll have, you know, John Mayer secret shows and Ed Sheeran live stream from Hotel Cafe. And we're playing there in a few hours, which is great. We haven't been there in a long time. We used to play there in the early days when we started. They were very friendly to us. They liked us a lot. The owner was a friend of the band and he'd be and he would book us a lot. So we're, yeah, we're, we're in good graces with them and, you know, we have a good relationship with them. So that's all. So do do they book you or you ask to play tonight? Um, this one came about. I think we reached out about dates. You know, that's how it works. At a certain point, when mm-hmm. you sort of can show that you can put on a good show and bring some people, you know, you can have good relationships with bookers and club owners and say, "Hey, we're going to be back here in December. Any dates? Yeah, I can give you such and such date. Are you guys available this?" And we say, "Sure." And then that's it. Cool. Um, that's awesome so how, you know, what, how do you feel pre, two hours pre-show what's your usual routine um i usually do a podcast um <laughs> I, <laughs> how do i feel um uh, well i'm always um i'm always happy to have a show right after another show because the second show is inevitably much looser so we played a concert last night and there's no better rehearsal for a show than like <laughs> a show so Last night was a corporate gig, a private party for a, for a client that we had written a song with, we did a workshop for. So having that before a show is nice because then you're really like just warmed up by the second show. You just feel loose, you know? Right. Like when you do a tour, it's like the last right. night of the so, tour. The last night of a week's run of shows is great because you're just like, oh, all the nerves are out and you can just have a good time. Are you nervous when you get up now? At like the corporate show, you had nerves? No. But it just loosens you up. Every set sort of has its songs that are more like less loose than other songs that 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 you're less relaxed or whatever. It I wouldn't call it nerves anymore. Like nerves, you have to be. Uh, some songs are harder work than other songs, depending on where you are in the set. Like sometimes it takes four or five songs to be like, all right, now like I can just loosen up. You know, it's just a. Mm-hmm. It's a so it's you didn't answer the question though. What's the what's the pre-show routine oh yeah you asked if i was you asked a bunch of bundled questions so you said what's the routine and how 
Anyway, next question. I don't have a routine. I don't know. I'm going to probably take a shower. Um, I will probably maybe eat a little something. I usually pound food after the show than before. Um, but because I'm feeling pretty <laughs> relaxed for this one, I might have a little something. You, you feel like you earned you the only the type right of routine to... I would say I have is uh, like like vocal warm ups, like you know, and they sound yeah. pretty nerdy, you know. You like ah 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 and they're very hard to do in front of people, but they're healthy uh-huh. for your voice. So, do you do them alone at home, or do you, where do you do them in the green room? Usually alone or in the car because they're too loud in front of people. You know, and you interesting. You take a straw, you blow some bubbles. There are things to do for your voice to help it warm up. Do the three of you guys hang out together before the show and talk? Or is it like, I just want to be alone. Don't talk to me. I got to like get in the zone. No, no, we're fine. Curious. I'm curious about this stuff. Okay. We generally meet about an hour before or something like that. Um, and uh, we have a thing called uh, protocols. Who is allowed to say what on stage? Who's not allowed to say anything? who's sort of punished from the last show. I've made all that up. Mm-hmm. I just I just know you like some of that juice. None of that happens. No, yeah, you get there about 45 minutes before, and in the green room, you run a few things that may be rustier than other things. It's a lot more boring than you think. I, I, I have a feeling you want to <laughs> assume that there's there's weirder things that happen, but I think a lot of... No, no, I'm just curious, like, if, like, if I was performing, mm-hmm. I would want to be in my head preparing for it right mentally and not hanging out with anybody yeah you know i think that um all these questions would be much more uh directly answered in the like early days of performing when like it was a like when everything was sort of just overwhelming and it was like a bigger deal and i needed i had to like you know the idea i don't knock if people have routines and have a bunch of things but once you've been doing it a really long time, you don't depend on these like artificial constructs that make you crazy. It's like, no, it's a part of what you do. And like having enough stage time in that capacity, in that context, uh, doing it for so long means you can live a normal life and then get up and perform. And I think I'm happy that Mm -hmm. I'm in a good place that I can do that where it's, I don't need to have a whole thing to happen. Everything. I'm not like a diva like that. And, when it becomes something you've done and you're comfortable doing, it doesn't mean that some shows, and if you're prepared, like I feel pretty prepared now, so I'd be probably a little more on edge. On edge, There's also an angst. You get a little bit impatient. I don't like getting the club too early because you don't like to wait and wait and wait and exhaust your nerves and energy waiting mm-hmm. to get on stage. That could be annoying. Um, but, uh, you know, after doing it a long time, I don't. I haven't set up these like rules of things I need done in a certain way. Otherwise, I feel weird going into the show. Certain people are like that, I guess. Um, but a lot of people I've met are just like, yeah, it's just it's a part of the thing. I'm sure from your angle and your perspective, because it's not something you've done. It's like, uh, you know, it, it sort of has takes on a certain like, you know, what's the word? It's pedestal a little bit into something like like a bigger deal in a sense or like something more mm-hmm. you know uh but yeah like if i'm doing a stand-up or something like that i need i'm a little more on my own lone thinking about things because i'm less seasoned for it so it requires mm-hmm. a little more of me just you know but i still can hang out and i still want to be i don't want to be crippled by a by pre-show ritual or things like that mm-hmm. so yeah 
Not even a ritual, just a headspace you like to be in. Yeah, I mean, there are people... But I guess... Uh, I don't knock it. I just, like, for me, I'm glad I don't really feel like I have to have that, and I could feel relaxed beforehand. Um, the only thing yeah. is, like, for, like, actual practical purposes, vocal warm-ups and things like that, and make sure I'm drinking and hydrating and all that is is important. And not... Here's... I'll tell you something. Here, Okay, I don't like hanging out outside the band before the show mm, okay now we're getting somewhere yeah and that's because right. i don't first of all want to talk too much because it's always loud in a club <laughs> right there's there are all these things yeah. <laughs> why are you even holding out i forgot i you know well that's when i'm once i get to the club not like before the show before. Uh -huh. once i'm at the club it's i don't like socializing after because first of all i'm gonna wear my voice out before you <laughs> thank you so much and everybody's kind of there to see. I've talked about this with you where you need to decompress after the show, I guess. And I guess that this isn't a ritual, but it's more like a preference. Like, I don't want to be. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. So preference wise, I want to be in the green room and all of that just so I can be removed from the whole everything happening. Because one, I feel bad if my head is not if it's not in it focused on people. I'm too much in my own head in that sense. So I'm going to not mm -hmm. be fun to talk to anyway. And you um, find your fans a little bit like. um not trustworthy. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you like to be with with the band, yes. getting in the zone with the band, yes, getting your chemistry on because point. Because if I'm out there, I'll be like, you know, I like, I'll be like this. I'll be kind of. I, first of all, I don't want to come off like that. Like I'm. You risk. I'm stand. I'm self conscious about seeming standoffish. You can't give people the attention that maybe that they deserve. They're coming to see you, and they're your friends. A lot of them who've come in and you've asked them mm -hmm. to come and they've come. So you want to be like giving and be like, yeah, but you're about to like give a ton on stage and you don't want to wear your voice out. So I do like to be removed from that hawk, you know, from that scene until mm -hmm. after once the show's done, then I can just let loose and chill. But before that, yeah, I guess I prefer not to be out there out and about schmoozing with everyone because yeah, you got to save up on that. That's like your energy. Right. All right. I also detest them. No. <laughs> that makes sense. I guess um, that's true. That's yeah. True. That's what I meant. Uh, that's what I meant. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, so we got we got to do a, a short episode today because uh, you got to go. But I wanted to give a little update on the on the crypto research I've been doing. Oh, so last time we talked about Web3 and how you take your stuff from web three application to web three it's like you know no one owns it you you own it and you take it from place to place yeah so i think i i cracked a little bit about practically how that's done are we gonna and fund this the, the keyword here what keep going There's, keep going and the keyword is is wallet so you keep all your shit in uh in a crypto wallet mm -hmm. and and then literally practically there's a chrome plugin a popular one it's called metamask mm -hmm. and then every sort of web3 website you get to you connect your wallet with all your nfts in it all your crypto you know everything you want to have in there you connect it to the wallet so let's say i just i just there's this very very cool project we should talk more about next time called friends with benefits it's this like crypto community i think you have to apply to get in and it's like it's like supposedly like the, the coolest most cutting edge artists and designers and programmers and like 
cool people that are doing interesting projects and they've like created this crypto community and they have, so for instance, they have a newsletter where they summarize all the coolest conversations they've been having on their discord channel. But to read it, you need to own one friends with benefits token. So you go on to whatever, whatever you, you buy a friends with benefits token, you click the Chrome plugin to, to connect your wallet. And then this website looks into your wallet and says, oh, you have one FWB token. You can now access the newsletter. So when you bought the token, it might've been $5. Now maybe it's worth $75. But in order to be part of this community, you have to literally buy into it and you have to own sort of a token that they sell. And in order to vote on maybe where they have their next party, you connect your wallet and they look into it. And if you don't have five FWB tokens, you can't vote on where the next party is. Um, so that's as far as I've gotten. Um, and it's, 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 I think that's pretty interesting so far. Yeah. Like practically that's how it works. Conceptually, day day. So how, is right that now. Different, how is that different than a ticket? Right. You buy a ticket to a thing. I guess it's more that it's indefinite. You forever have ownership in this so, club. Yeah. What's different is if I buy, I could also start a website and I, and I can say, show me your FWB token to get in. Like it's, it's almost like, it's almost like, let's say Facebook sold a token. Um, when I go onto Twitter, I can't show Twitter my Facebook token because it's on Facebook. You know, it's not in it's not in my possession. It's it's in my Facebook personalities possession. Mm -hmm. But this gives it to you as as a user, and you have the freedom to do with it what you want. Where it's like, if I went to to Twitter and I was like, "Hey, I want to show you my Facebook messages," it's like, no, I, I they'd have to come up with a contract and a deal where you connect Facebook Messenger to Twitter on their end, and then. I could do it. Yeah. This is like, oh, I'll just connect my wallet and you can see all the messages I send on every platform. Yeah. So it, it is like having a ticket that you put into your wallet, but you can take from venue to venue. Yes. So the only thing I'm having trouble with is how is the NFT token more than the ticket you're describing? Like, there's something else no, to this ownership. Well, an NFT component. and a token are two different things. Non fungible token. Yeah. Non fungible token. Well, yeah. The, the, an NFT is a non fungible token. A token is a fungible token that you could exchange with anyone else, and it wouldn't make a difference which one you're holding. But I don't think that's what you're asking. So, oh, so what I'm just you saying, saying? The, this whole concept of <laughs> I where I get confused on this is. Mm -hmm. One thing is a digital asset that grants you access to certain things, whether they be clubs, events, or even status, right? That mm -hmm. all is that all makes sense to me rationally. You own this thing and it means something. It means I can go to this conference, I can get access to this Discord or this website or this service because I have this digital, I have this picture and it's valuable because of what it can get me as a means of exchange for something. The other piece mm -hmm. of it, the other piece of it is trading on that NFT and the whole market for trading and on the on the percentage yeah. that you own of it and making money that way. Yeah. To me, it's like, oh, I traded right. a dollar so, for a dollar. And I know what dollars can get me, but what do you mean you're trading dollars? Because my my brain shuts my brain is, is farty there. Um yeah, I mean no, that's that's speculative and it, it doesn't quite make sense. Yeah. It now, doesn't really make any sense. It it will 
it might make sense in the right now people are that's a bet that bitcoin will be used for something useful in the future Mm -hmm. And there's only a finite amount of it. So if it's used a lot more, the mm -hmm. price is going to go up because people want it more. But but right now it's not used and the price should not be moving at all. It only moves because people are speculating that perhaps one day in the future it will go up. I actually think um, I can explain so it because I saw a video from Gary V of all people explaining his V Friends NFTs because he launched an NFT series called v friends right his own nfts their doodle drawings digit digitized and he explained to an audience i wish i could find the clip because he actually said it and i'm like oh he goes where where was he speaking it was an, it's a tiktok thing and i don't know some conference okay. he goes he goes oh, over the, he's like over the past month since we launched v friends i've made nine million dollars upon the launch of v friends last night while i slept I made $246,000 on the royalties I accumulated from people trading on my VFRENDS, on my doodle drawings. Nine months ago, I didn't know what an NFT was. <laughs> but when that's they cool. came out, well, but when they came out, I spent 50 hours learning everything I could about NFTs. And that's how I made money with NFTs. Now, I guess a Gary V NFT means something to people, but... He explained the two components yeah. of it. People bought V Friends, so he made money from people valuing his doodles on the, I guess, the yeah. artistic aesthetic side of it. And then people traded his NFTs to each other, and he made royalties on that. So that's how somebody's benefiting from releasing their NFT art forms right. into the world. That I mean, that yeah, that that's the benefit for artists, right? Because every time, it, right now in the art market, if I sell my painting for ten dollars. I become huge and that yeah. that buyer sells it for $10 million. I don't see yeah. any of that 10 million with NFTs. It's built in that the money comes back to the original, uh, painter, cool, the original artist every time it gets sold, but it's limited um, to me. To right. So that's 246,000. Yeah. Pretty that's wild. That's 246,000. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's, it, it is crazy to me that people are, are buying it for that much money. I mean, I, I, I think it, there's a lot of kids out there, like literal kids, like teenagers and, and people in their like, you know, twenties yeah. who, who made 50, a hundred million dollars on Bitcoin and Ethereum. N nobody really, I don't think anyone even knows. They probably don't even tell people and they have stupid, maybe not even that much. Let, let's say they made $850,000 in the last four years. And they have stupid amounts and they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll, who cares? I'll, I'll spend $25,000 on a Gary Vee thing. It's, it's, it's monopoly money to a lot, to a lot of kids. And I think yeah. that's, I think that's driving a lot of what's all, going all on. All I can tell you is I walked, um, I walked well, we by. We got to wrap up, right? Shortly. Yeah. But I walked by a, um, a Bitcoin mining shop in 2013. It said buy Bitcoin here at that time. It was like 10 cents a Bitcoin. <laughs> and I, I keep flashing back. I was in New York city, just walking. Maybe it was, maybe it was early in 2013. Maybe it was 2009, like way early. And I'm like, what's Bitcoin? Somebody else I was telling me, I'm like, it's a digital currency. I, of course I was like, walked away 10 cents a Bitcoin. And I, sometimes when I'm like, Oh crap. And things are getting tight. And I'm like, Oh, if I had just bought a hundred Bitcoin, a thousand Bitcoin for, 50 bucks yeah <laughs> now it's not like that though i mean it is for some people and you hear these stories it's just it's not that easy it can't be that easy to have made that money you have to be ridiculous but but it wouldn't have hurt to just buy well, there it are. right and I, I think to myself yeah. Yeah, i'd be like a multi-millionaire right now and i would have just cashed out and that's crazy that that potentially a lot of people did that but they lost 
What did you lose? They, they lost the hard drives or whatever. Really? No, because like like they bought it in 2013, five in, in 2000, you know, 15. It still before there was an anything. app store. Oh yeah, there's a story about a guy. There's a story about it. a guy who 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 used he was, yeah yeah yeah. Well no no he he was one of, he was in like 2006 like very 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 early. Whatever he had five hundred million dollars. He had it all on a hard drive. His wife threw it out by accident, and he was like, "Whatever, you know that sucks, but whatever." Now it's worth five hundred million dollars, and he's he's trying to raise money to excavate the landfill where he threw it out because it's because it's worth it. Like you know to get because there's five hundred million dollars on the bottom of a landfill somewhere in like Wales, and he's trying to raise money to 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 do it. But but meaning like you, you could have bought that money, you probably would have lost it along the way somewhere. Mm-hmm. But but also think about those guys, those weirdos who opened that shop. They may have a billion dollars. <laughs> it, it's not so crazy to think they they're billionaires now, and they're 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 weirdos you know, who just have this money to play with and they're doing crazy things. That doesn't make me feel better <laughs> for, for passing on it. I just mean of all the struggles of trying to make a living and make money and do what you do and be successful. Like it also just all could have been that easy. I think sometimes. Wow. <laughs> like that, that hurts a little yeah. bit to think of everything right. we're doing and every <clears throat> way and grinding and posting and this, that to build the thing and pay and monetize and the bag, but did Or I could have bought a hundred Bitcoin for 10 cents a pop, spent 50 bucks and been a zillionaire. It could have happened. It's a silly thing to kick yourself about, yeah. but it's like for somebody, they did that then. And now they're they're worth seven, you know, eight million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Or eighty million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. Um a friend of mine had something similar, but it was for like a hundred thousand dollars. Someone asked him to invest a hundred thousand into like a mining operation right. in like in also like 2014, 2015, and he didn't. And uh Bitcoin mining? Bitcoin mining? Bitcoin mining, yeah, early on. Yeah. Like uh Ouch. whatever. It's it might, it's all gonna crash too. It's whatever the bubble will crash. Um but um, maybe I don't think so. But it this is an investment podcast, and you should be taking our advice. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. It's not. It's turning into. Um, it's making me uncomfortable. But um, any final? I don't thoughts? think. Does it have to to bust? Um, I'm proud of us for doing ten. Um, I hope. Uh, I hope it can. T- I hope. I think we've gotten a lot of. Be- we've gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. I think we're we're zeroing in on conversations that you and me are better at having than other people that we're more suited for. Um, I like that we're ruffling some feathers with friends who tell us to shut our mouths about politics because we don't know what we're talking about and we're spreading misinformation. I don't disagree, (laughs) Um, but uh, but I'm excited to see where we're at. I'm excited to see where we're at in, in another 10. What yeah, up? and thanks to everyone who's been uh, commenting and listening and uh, and giving us some encouragement. For your hot takes going forward, some things that we've touched on but not enough or haven't touched yet, what do you want to see on the Buckle Up podcast going forward? What are some things you want to pick? Um, I want I want to I want to hear you talk more about your depression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want I I personally find this web3 conversation really thrilling. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's it's the thing that the people who drive technology forward 
in terms of the people who are investing and building things, it's the thing they're most excited about, which means it's going to be something because that's where the money is flowing. And I think it's cool to be talking about it at this stage. And I find it cool. I don't know if anyone else finds it interesting. Um, and, um, and yeah, I like I, the creative process stuff, I think. That's all good. Um, I, 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 I'm not, I, I don't think it, I've zeroed in quite on how to define it or articulate it, but uh, I want to delve more, more into that. What about God? What about you? God, not really. <laughs> Do you want to? <laughs> I want to be like, it's just like, like legit or, you know, I, <laughs> I find that the communal and individual, I don't want to. No, to me, I'm interested in the fact that, like, you know, <coughs> as you, like, start to raise kids and become part of the community and do these, like, important things, you know, there's an interesting space for, like, spiritual matters in general that I feel like everybody buys in but also doesn't in some ways. Like, there's this weird relationship that the community and the individual in the world that we come from has with all things spiritual and religious. I find the it's very like sometimes autopilot and sometimes ill-defined and very often ill-defined like what some of these big abstract concepts are, but we still like learn about them. Like, don't you find in the, in the Orthodox world that we come from, it's like people learn Torah, right? But mm-hmm. do they deeply conceptualize it and is it personal or is it like fitness for them you know is it like yes what we do i find that that that, i have very strong opinions about that that's what i'm saying yeah so yeah i say god but i'm talking like that space yeah like where are people really at and what do they really think about and what value do they derive from these pursuits yeah like learning (laughs) and and all of that stuff like how deep does it go for people and what does it mean to people? Because I make jokes all the time about it, about it being sometimes lost on me a little bit, like, you know, spacing out in this particular, not to get too inside baseball about it, but a sheer or something like that. And I'm just grappling with a little bit with like everybody's relationship to it and what it actually means. Um, mm. And we probably come at it from slightly different angles. I might be a little more snag yeah. about it. Snag is an inside term yeah. for uh for, uh, you know, dry about it. Rational, like this, I think reasonable. the snag and the chassid debate yeah. is, is, is a good one. Yeah, well, I, I think as it pertains especially to creative pursuits, I think uh-huh. is is our sweet spot. Of, of I, I mean, I really like the conversation we had about why modern orthodox people tend to go into certain professions. Yeah. And I think, I think it ties into that and also having guests on of people from our community who have done very interesting things yeah. to us. So guests um, is the next thing too. I'm yeah, guests. Like we chapter. have a couple minds. Yeah, I'm excited to have some guests on and, and talk to them about this type of stuff for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I'm excited to, I've been coughing since episode two. I'm excited to Figure to maybe out. make it through an episode without coughing. Yeah. did pretty well today. It came yeah. up a few times. We should do a GoFundMe. I, I listened to shout out to David Bashevsky, who was on a podcast recently talking about like Jews and money and the relationship of Jews to money and the lack of transparency and how we hold these people who make so much money up on a pedestal and not other people. And yet- we raise people with this incredible emphasis on making so much money and pair that with also complete financial illiteracy most of their life. (laughs) (laughs) 
which is so fascinating. Like we really I, I need to check that episode out. It's so good. I'm in the middle. I'm at the, I'm at the end of it now. Like the three I quarters like, of the way. You should check it out. You'll really like. I it. I love his podcast. Actually, I like 1840. Right. It, this isn't his podcast. podcast. He's a guest. Yeah. Shout out to 1840. This oh. is him as a guest on someone else's podcast. It's very five pounds. I don't know the name of it. It's uh, we can show notes it. All right. But it's like. I'll you check know, it out in the like show this. notes. Very five pounds. They're talking about money and finance and kind of explaining. But he makes the point of how we, you know, we, we're basically raising a generation of people. They, they worship Gavirim, but they don't worship Gedolim. Or maybe worse, the Gavirim are the Gedolim. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> you, but, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's not normal. So it's not like a normal thing. It's not a normal thing. <laughs> the idea of financial illiteracy. It's not a normal thing. I, 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's like not a normal thing <laughs> I don't know what, who or what that is But I like that um, um, But anyway that's a great podcast to check out And this idea of financial illiteracy And make a ton of money And it's like yeah. You're not teaching prudence and investment and, and these kinds of things like The value of money and, and how it all works And functions as basic fundamentals We're just like I like that space of okay college is over Bye bye Go for yeah. it. Do it. Oh, you want to do something out of the box? Okay. I don't know how that works. Bye-bye. Very little in place for, you know, the continued sort of conversation. You're just kind of just like backpacks off. What do we do? You ask a few questions. You ask a few people. And then it, right. just, be- and then it just begins. There's no consciousness right. to it. You know? And you look. And, and some takes- friends somehow have a lot of money and some friends don't somehow. And yeah, yeah and no then, one and talks it, about it. No one talks about it. And then it becomes a thing where you're like 10 years in and some people actually become conscious of maybe I want to do something. And then people go, oh, you're being weird. Now you're having like a midlife thing. Oh, now he's into like all of a sudden yeah. he's doing it becomes oh. this like judgment. Oh, my God. Did you hear that? He's like starting his own thing. Oh, my God. It becomes this like thing like, oh, you're yeah. not just going along with it. But really, that should have happened 10 years earlier. But you just didn't because you weren't. Yeah. No, you didn't know I, you had that option. And and then there are also people who are like, ten years in, like, like I I really just want to be a lawyer and make a really nice living so I can do the things I want to do. Yeah, that happens. Like too. like I wish I had thought about this when I was twenty two and not right. thirty five. You know, but the <laughs> lack of the consciousness of 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 looking inward and saying, okay, what can you do? What are you in? like? No one's even given that. You're just supposed yeah. to be like. You're just supposed to be like, okay. Yeah. Pick the major, follow the major, screw the major, do this thing, done. Like, it's just this lack of sort of, you know, self-exploration. To Like, that's seen, that's stigmatized as, oh, that's a little weird. You know, it's just given this aura yeah. of, like, off-putting, like, uh, it's, 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 what's the word? It's, like, it's frowned upon in a way. It's given, it's, it's met with judgment. It's met with, like, all right, good luck with that. Good luck with, you know, it's met with a sort mm-hmm. of harshness that can be very discouraging. And the people who can yeah. muscle through that judgment end up getting a lot of praise for it, you know, if they succeed, right? Yeah. But, you know, um, mm-hmm. I saw this one of these viral TikToks went around. You know what? The, it's like an inspirational music. <laughs> you know what the reality is? No one gives a fuck about you. No one wants you to succeed. Nobody cares that you succeed. Nobody cares what you're doing. Nobody believes in you. That's what it is. Nobody believes in you. Nobody believes in what you're doing. Only you can believe in yourself. It's only once you succeed that they'll congratulate you, but it's going to take a long time to get there. You got to believe in yourself because nobody else does. That's the reality. You want to hear the hard truth? Nobody cares. Nobody's thinking about you nobody believes in you so you got to believe in you or no one does and then when you see they'll all go wow amazing and i'm sure a lot of people can attest to that 
Um, and that guy is dead now. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Shortly thereafter, he died. He shortly thereafter died, and no one cared. <laughs> and no is, one cared. That is Buckle Up episode um, 10. You know, what's interesting about Zoom, Michael, is the internet delay is fucking with our timing. <laughs> yeah. Every yeah, time I say nice that, there's something uh, different about talking. You know, people say being in person is so important, but I think not being in person is better. Yeah, that is, you don't you don't believe that at all. That is as troll as it gets because that's what? awful. That being in person is better. You don't believe that being on Zoom is better than being in person. No, no, no. But th- there is something. I haven't been on Zoom. I mean, oh. really, in like six months. I, I don't. I have, I have no business on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I it, there's some there is something nice about it having had having stepped away for a long time. But no, I think uh, in person is is Preferable. nice and important. Yeah, and um, it keeps you from going crazy. Yeah, right. So if you're listening to this, do not go to a hotel cafe tonight because we're not recording it live. Um, the show's already passed, but good luck tonight. Thank you. I got to go do my ritual. You're welcome. No one come near me. (laughs) Buckle up episode 10.